This podcast is brought to you by public.com, the investing social network. Public is a free app where you can own the companies you believe in and share ideas in a community of investors. There are a few investing apps out there, but here's what's different about public. There are social features that allow people to share and discover new ideas, and the app supports responsible investing habits, so they don't encourage day trading, nor do they offer margin accounts or options. Features like safety labels on potentially risky stocks give members more complete context. Public has also opted out of payment for order flow, so they don't sell your trades to third parties. Public's community is about 40% women and 45% people of color, so its members come from all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life. Conversations on public span deep dives into new IPOs, as well as general insights on financial wellness and category trends. You can even use group chats to build investing clubs with your friends. Head over to public.com to sign up and start with a free slice of stock. Get going with as little as $1, and if you're looking to transfer your portfolio over from another brokerage, they'll even cover fees for accounts valued at over $150. Some fine print, valid for U.S. residents 18 years and older, and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. Hi, everyone. It's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from Fintech Today, where we talk about all things fintech. In this episode, I am joined by CJ McDonald, co-founder and CEO of Step, a bank that specializes in teen and kid banking. Um, he's had a lot of news lately, but first off, just because this is a company that I feel like not everyone might be as familiar with, just because a lot of us are not teens or kids listening to this and might be young enough where we don't have kids yet, explain to us a little bit what exactly Step is and why you decided to, to start a company in this space. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to be here. So Step is a next-generation money banking platform. Uh, we built a FDIC-insured mobile banking app. We built a secured visa spending card and we built a P2P platform. Um, we feel that your financial journey starts off in your teenage years. And so we wanted to build a platform that was laser focused on that demographic and jumpstart their financial journey and stay true to our mission of enabling the next generation just to be smarter with money. So financial literacy plays a core part in everything that we're doing as a team and as a company. And, uh, you know, we're building products and a brand really for this next generation as it pertains to money. So this is something that I personally have not used yet. I can totally see myself using in the future. And it seems like investors also have high hopes of a lot of people using something like this in the future. You guys just raised a funding round, right? We did. We just closed our Series C. Uh, we raised $100 million led by General Catalyst. And um, yeah, we've got a great group of investors that are supportive of our mission and the business that we're building. And uh, we're super excited to continue to accelerate growth and continue to invest both in people and infrastructure uh, as we believe that we've got an extremely large opportunity in front of us. One question I told people in the, the FinTech Today community that I was interviewing you this week and said, do you have any questions for CJ? And the first one that came up in uh, it was in regards to this funding round is how much time did you spend on TikTok and YouTube and all these platforms when you were raising for this, given who some of the backers are? I mean, it's crazy, right? This this younger demographic and generation kind of lives on social media. Um, so we had to become Gen Z experts and we had to become TikTok experts. 
uh, and Snapchat experts. Um, we've got a diverse group of investors ranging from parents to, you know, teenagers. I mean, some of the largest teen influencers, Josh Richards, Charlie D'Amelio, um, are key partners and key investors in our journey. Um, we've got some great parents that are investors, you know, Steph Curry, Will Smith, um, and Justin Timberlake, uh, that a lot of people, you know, know who they are as actors or athletes or artists, but they're parents, right? And they've got kids and they want what's best for their children, just like, you know, we do. So we're really building a, a platform as it pertains to money and financial literacy for this next demo and this next generation. Um, and, you know, we continue to kind of build product to, to tailor towards them. How does someone get someone like Will Smith and Justin Timberlake to invest? Are, are you like, are you pinging their funds and they're wanting to invest in you? Are you finding them on Instagram or TikTok? Like how exactly does all of that work? I find this just fascinating that I feel like in the last year or two in particular, like celebrities kind of always did a little bit of investing, um, but influencers in particular have really started to do more of this. And it's a, a really interesting change. I think a lot of it's relationship driven. I mean, you know, there's been a, a number of um, well-known people or celebrities that have invested in technology companies over the years. Um, I think you're right. I think you're seeing more of it. Um, I think platforms, you know, like TikTok that weren't as relevant in our lives a couple of years ago have started to take off. So you're starting to see just more engagement. Um, and content that's created. We're a financial services company, but we think a lot about culture. We think a lot about content. Um, we think about telling our story through the lens of you know, a teenager or through the lens of a young adult or through the lens of a parent. And content is something that you can, if you're creative and you really understand your demographic, that you can really lean into to start to tell your story and to start to build a brand. And so that's something that we knew kind of targeting Gen Z and targeting the younger demographic that we were going to have to become experts in and that we were going to have to really understand um, to be able to create relevant content that's educational, um, that's engaging, uh, and that can kind of start to, you know, tell our story, like I said, through organic, authentic content, not just running ads on, you know, paid uh, social networks. I feel like Gen Z, and I might be completely wrong in this, but millennials did this too, is that we change our minds a lot. We get sick of something and the old people start using it. So then we don't want to use it anymore. How do you make sure that step doesn't become one of those things? And how are you guys just, you know, thinking about that product roadmap for consumers that have literally never used a bank before? Yeah. I mean, look, we view ourselves as aspirational, right? Like we, we want to be an aspirational brand. Um, we built our product from a UI, from a UX perspective, specifically for, you know, the younger demographic, but we want them to grow with us and we want them to establish a relationship when they're younger, but each step of their journey in life, we expect to offer relevant financial products and services to kind of grow with that consumer. And so it's something that, you know, it's almost like we're not your parents' bank, right? We, we understand you and we built this specifically for you. Um, we spend a lot of time talking to customers. We spend a lot of time doing, you know, UX research and understanding like what the needs are. Um, and so when we build product, when we build features, we can build something that, you know, is engaging. We can build something that's relevant um, and that resonates with them. And we know that, you know, a 16 year old is going to turn 18. We know an 18 year old is going to turn 20. As you get older, your needs change as well as, you know, uh, your interests change and your perception of a brand changes. Um, so we need to continue to, you know, reinvent ourselves and continue to be, 
you know, thought leaders and continue to be thinking about our customers as they get older so we can build, you know, products that are specific to them, whether they're 18 or whether they're 24. Um, and for now, your financial journey starts off in your teenage years. You know, that's typically when most people get their first bank account. That's typically when most people get their first debit or credit card. Um, hopefully that's when most people get their first job and you're establishing a relationship with money. And in those years, you're forming good habits and bad habits, right? And a lot of people dig themselves in a hole early. And for most, they can't dig out of that hole as it pertains to, you know, financial debt and, um, and making mistakes that are very costly in the early years of your life. Schools don't teach kids about money. Families don't talk about money. And money is just one of those relevant topics that rich or poor, you have to understand how to navigate the financial ecosystem. Um, and when you think about stats like, you know, the average college student graduates with four or $5,000 in credit card debt, um, it's, it's a staggering statistic that, you know, like I said, is tough for a lot of people to dig out of. So we're trying to build product and we're trying to be, you know, um, educational and everything that we do to teach this next demographic and generation, you know, the do's and don'ts of money and hopefully put them on a stronger path forward um, as it pertains to their financial journey and path. How do you expect your demographic to change over the coming years then? Do you think you would still be a bank for someone that's in their 30s or 40s? Or do you see it always being a sweet spot of like, I don't know, 15 to 25? I think, I mean, for, for the foreseeable future, we're really going to focus on, you know, the younger demographic of, of Gen Z. Um, there's, there, it's a big market. Um, we want to be, you know, thought leaders there. We want to be a brand that people recognize, that people trust, um, that people respect. Uh, but we do want to grow with that demographic, you know, and we do want to continue to um, offer relevant financial products and services. And, you know, as they get older, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully stick with them and, you know, be partners in their financial journey. Um, but our, we're laser focused on this younger demo. Um, we do not believe that large financial institutions are, are paying attention. We do not believe that they offer relevant financial products and services that tailor well to them. We do not believe that, you know, Gen Z wants to necessarily just bank where their parents banked because, you know, that's all that's out there. We, we, we think that they're hungry for new, innovative, relevant brands and products and services that really relate to them um, and that, uh, you know, they're engaged with. So outside of having influencers that are touting your platform, investing in you, using you, uh, what else does Step do that is so different than if I bank at someone like a JP Morgan or even someone like an HM Bradley or a Chime, Challenger Banks in that sense? I mean, we built our product specifically for this younger demographic and younger generation. Like I said, everything from a UI and a UX perspective was kind of tailored towards them. We spent years doing research. Um, everything from a branding perspective is really tailored towards them. You know, you mentioned companies like Chime, um, who have done a phenomenal job. They're friends of ours, um, huge supporters of what they're doing. The average demographic of a Chime user is 26 to 35, right? And we're focused on like under 26. So as they kind of, you know, are focused on this older demographic of millennials, we're focused on the younger demographic. And when you look at, I mean, we're not a social network, obviously, but when you look at the social network landscape of, of companies, you know, you've got Facebook. And then Instagram came out and a slightly younger demographic started to jump on Instagram. 
And then you look at Snapchat and Snapchat came out and the slightly younger demographic jumped on Snapchat, right? And then you TikTok came out and a slightly younger demographic jumped on TikTok. And if you look at all those platforms from when they came out, I mean, Facebook obviously started with college students and then started to kind of age and, and, and go upwards in terms of the demographic. Instagram kind of started off, you know, again, slightly younger, but then started to kind of age up. Snapchat started off in that 13 to 18 year old demo, which is right where we play right now. And they started to age up. And then TikTok, the same thing as Snapchat started to age up, TikTok kind of slid in and started focusing on that 13 to 18 year old demographic. So for us, there's, there's a number of obviously financial service companies out there. We think focus is really important. And our focus has been, you know, this teenage demographic, first bank account, first spending card, you know, teach financial literacy to this demographic that is, is hungry for financial education and financial inclusion. Um, we don't charge fees, you know, so a lot of traditional banks will charge fees for a bank account and for a card. Um, there's fintechs that charge monthly fees for, you know, a, a bank account and a card. So we thought it was important when we built our product to, you know, have for that financial inclusion that I talked about and not have to charge fees so we can open it up to, you know, underprivileged uh, markets and communities that might not have the funds or means to be able to pay a five or a $10 monthly fee, you know, for their, you know, banking platform. On that note, though, teens typically just get a small allowance and they're not spending that much money. And I assume a lot of your revenue is coming from those swipe fees that you get whenever a mer you, someone uses your card at a merchant, right? So how do you see revenue in the future then? Like, how are you going to make it so this is a, a very profitable company? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the reality is, is teens don't spend as much or make as much as, you know, a 25-year-old or a 35-year-old. But Teens still spend billions of dollars in today's market and economy, right? And the other thing is, is what we're seeing a lot of is, you know, we're actually capturing more family spend now that the teenager has a spending vehicle that they can actually transact with, you know, instead of mom and dad going to buy maybe a backpack for school or soccer cleats. Now they're saying, hey, you know, I'll send you $25 or $50 and you go buy it, you know, and it's one of those things where we're actually capturing, you know, family spend as opposed to just teen spend. And then there's teens that get allowances, you know, roughly 50% of uh, U.S. households give some form of allowance um, in the U.S. today. And, you know, there's teens that are working, right? There's, they're creating YouTube channels, they're hustling. I mean, this, this, this demographic and generation is... Um, is a number of really smart hustlers and you know it, with the internet there's ways for them to make money online and you know they've got access to funds and um, we're just trying to be a financial partner for them as they age up and as they mature uh, to offer those relevant financial products and services that I talked about. My first job was a hostess at a restaurant. It was not some YouTube influencer or something like that. How the world has changed in the, like, I'm not old either. So it's crazy how quickly that stuff happens. It's changed. I mean, like, you know, the, the younger demographic and generation now, everyone wants to be, you know, a YouTuber, a TikTok influencer. Everybody's watching how many friends they have and trying to you know, up their friend counts so they can get more likes and views on, you know, their platforms, this, that, and the other. And there's a lot of folks that have monetized that and created, you know, businesses and brands around it. Um, but at the end of the day, outside of social media, I mean, there's a number of ways for them to, you know, get jobs and make money. Um, when I was younger, I had a paper out, you know, I had a baseball card shop in my parents' garage. 
I used to, you know, cut lawns and wash cars. I mean, I was constantly hustling and, you know, making money and that kind of jump-started my entrepreneurial bug and, and my demand to control my own destiny. But it's, it's, this demographic's really interesting. They're vocal, they're social, they're not afraid to talk about things. And when they like something, they'll talk about it, right? And so that's another big differentiating factor, I think, with this younger demographic with that we're targeting is, you know, we have this referral network and they'll tell their friends about it and they'll post it on TikTok or Snapchat. And, you know, our users have a unique um, referral link that they can send to their friends through group chats and stuff. And and they do that. Um, You know, I'm not really inclined to go tell all my friends to sign up for American Express or Wells Fargo, you know, but because they already have a bank account and they already have a card. The reality is, is, you know, most teenagers don't have a bank account and don't have a card. And so they're excited about it and they're willing to kind of socialize that and share that. And it sounds like you're also making the bet. You mentioned the like parents sending the money to the kids to go buy a backpack instead. That almost sounds like a little bit of, hey, like this is like a, ba- a backpack costs money. I'm not just going to buy it for you. So you're still giving them the money to do it, but they're the ones that have to do the checkout process. And that sounds like part of the financial literacy piece that you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's absolutely part of it. Um, you know, I mean, if mom and dad just buy the backpack um, and, you know, the kid doesn't actually see the transaction or see how much it was, you know, they just they just expect it and they just kind of go on with their life. If they, if mom and dad give them, you know, $40 and they go and they actually spend it and they're like, oh, wow, this is $40, you know, they start to feel that and like, you know, understand the value of money and the fact that, you know, some are smart and they say, hey, maybe I'll buy a $30 backpack now and then I'll keep 10 bucks, right? And it's one of those things where it's absolutely part of that financial literacy aspect that we're building. Um, You know, we send a push notification when somebody makes a transaction that says, Hey, Julie, you know, you just spent $40 on this backpack. You only or you have $30 left, right? So it kind of starts to cement in their head. Like I have $30, you know, I can't spend more than that, you know, and when you're making a decision, do I want or do I need this next item? It's something that hopefully will just start to resonate with them as they, you know, continue down their uh, path of life. What type of services have you guys started adding? Since you guys haven't been around, have been around long enough now where your customers are getting a little bit older. Say someone started when they were 17 or 18, now they're in college and stuff. What have you added to make sure they stick around and they don't go use uh, another cool fintech bank? Yeah, I mean, we're constantly adding features and we still have a number that aren't on on our roadmap today. We've actually only been in market for six months. Um, So we launched in the beginning of Q4 2020. Um, so it's only been six months that we've actually been in, in market to the public. Time is a blur with 2020, man. Can't keep track of anything anymore. <laughs> it's an absolute blur. It's one of those things where, um, part of it feels like the longest year of my life. And part of it feels like I just blinked and, you know, it, it just went right by us. Um, but you know, we've been in market for six months. Um, we got over a million and a half customers on our platform in the first six months. Um, and you know, we've added features and like I said, we've got a number of features that we're really excited about to, you know, continue to engage users like you talked about and continue to, you know, attract, uh, users, um, on our platform, uh, for a long time. Where are most people hearing about you? Are they, cause whenever we ask people for FinTech today, the subscribers, like, how did you hear about us? What are they saying? I know you have the referral network, but yeah, we have a great referral platform. We have a great product, right? So we have a lot of organic traffic, um, and a lot of people, you know, are organically finding us. 
Um, you know, I think we built a great brand. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do, but we built a, a brand kind of out of the gate that people trust and, um, and a good product that people are using and engaged with. And so they're telling their friends about it. Obviously you mentioned the referral program. Uh, we have people that are referring and telling their friends, um, social media. I mean, like I said, we view ourselves as content creators. So we've been very active on social media just in terms of creating engaging, uh, content for users that they would find valuable. Um, and some of it's part educational and some of it's, you know, just creative. Um, we've got this creator program that we've got users that create this content on their own and we don't even give them direction necessarily. And like I said, they're really smart and they just come up with this cool stuff that people are engaged with and people like. And, um, and some of those, you know, videos go viral on, on social media and stuff like that, that, um, it's, it hasn't been one thing that has really worked for us. I think it's just been a number of things that we've leaned into, but most importantly, our focus has been a strong foundation on, on building a great product and a great brand, um, that people can trust and are, are highly engaged with. So what are Gen Z's interested in these days? Like I know about TikTok and everything, but like what else, like what's the next big thing? Cause you guys are studying this market so closely. I think a big part of it's authenticity right? Like they want stuff that's organic and authentic. Um, they don't want stuff necessarily thrown at them or sold to them. And that's where some of the content, you know, piece comes into it. Um, you know, rather than when I was growing up, it was like, you know, billboards and TV ads and, you know, um, search ads and stuff like that, that would try to drive brands to attract customers. We're really just leaning into this authentic, organic content that people can, you know, grow to love over time, you know, so maybe it's not one thing, but they hear about it, you know, from one of their friends and then they see it here and then they, you know, hear about it from somebody else. And it's kind of this story that we're starting to build. Um, but I think the most important part um, is that authenticity um, and, and that trust factor. And I also think that, you know, Gen Z specifically wants something that's theirs right so it's like i said it's not their parents bank it's something that was built for them it's not their parents social media site that their parents and their parents friends are on it's something that they can take you know kind of an identity and responsibility around and feel like it's theirs i think that's really important to this younger demographic and generation um and so i mean like when I was getting started with this, I, I personally went to the movie theater on Friday nights at 6 p.m., you know, to observe what teenagers were doing, um, what brands were they wearing, what apps did they have on their phone, you know, how much money were they spending in line and popcorn and ICs, this, that, and the other. And I was just observing them. And then I'd go to Starbucks after school, you know, at 2.30 p.m. And, and I was watching, are they paying with cash or card? You know, is it debit or credit? Um, I started, you know, conducting focus groups, just asking people five or 10 questions and giving them a Amazon or an iTunes, you know, gift card to just get user research. Because if I was going to dedicate the next 10 plus years of my life on building a product for a demographic that I am not, I wanted to understand firsthand and personally, like what their interests and needs were, you know, um, what were their clothing brands? What, uh, what was their favorite restaurants that they ate at? You know, what bands are, or what music did they listen to? So we could start to kind of build that culture and lifestyle into our product and brand that would resonate with them. 
Do you, I, I'm not sure if you have kids or nieces and nephews or anything like at the dinner table, I can imagine like you just like taking notes of different things that they're like new things that they're interested in or trends that are, are happening in that demographic. I do have young kids. I have two kids. Um, they're four and eight. So, um, a little younger for something like this, but my eight year olds asking all sorts of questions about money and trying to do chores around the house and you know, um, it's, it's, she's starting to really understand, you know, some of these things and we're trying to educate her. Um, I've got nieces and nephews. I, my, my goddaughter, um, is a teenager. So it's one of those things where I'm, I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm doing these focus groups and just trying to understand like what they want, what they need, uh, and then try to build product around that. Um, and you know, I don't know that, large banks and financial institutions are going to that level of depth to really understand their customers and then build the product for them. You know, they've got products that have just been in market for years that are pretty stagnant and, you know, we're constantly trying to reinvent ourselves. We're constantly trying to push the envelope. We're constantly trying to innovate. Like, I mean, I, we didn't talk about our card, but our card is a pretty unique product. It's a secured card. Um, that actually helps you establish and build credit, um, which is the only product in financial services that helps you establish and build credit before you turn 18. We could have just come out with a standard debit card and a standard checking account like everybody else, but we didn't think that's where the world was going. And we also don't believe that that's the best product for this next demographic and generation. Um, and so we, we spent some extra time to really do research and really understand like what their needs were and then build product around them. Um, and just do something that's unique and something that's different. You're going to have to start giving your nieces and nephews and kids equity in your company for all this advice they're giving you. <laughs> right. And, and we've got some, you know, um, brand ambassadors and, and some advisors that are, that are teenagers that, you know, we lean on, right. We, we ask questions. We, we give them early access to test things and give us feedback. Um, we're, we're constantly do that and we'll continue to do that just because we think that's important and, I talked about not just being, you know, stagnant, not just being, you know, um, settling for anything. Like we want to push the envelope. We want to, we want to break things. We want to innovate. Um, and we really want to do good by this next demographic and next generation. Well, thank you, CJ, for joining us. I feel like the 20 minutes always flies by, but it particularly flew by today. Um, but that is it for today's episode. On the back of this, the next episode, we are starting a series on couples finances, which is something... I think CJ's company in five to 10 years might have to focus on a little bit as that demographic gets a little bit older, starts moving in with spouses, partners, etc. So it'll be fun to see how you guys iterate that section of FinTech. Um, otherwise, thank you so much for joining us, CJ. We'll have to have you on again soon. Thank you for having me. Have a great day.